Welcome back. Saturday show here on the Zone Sports Network. Adrian Leiser along with Austin Horton. Austin, appreciate you sticking around. I'm not going I know you were going to be here anyway, but I appreciate you jumping on the air with me. I had a date with that uh, golf video game over there in the corner that I'll have to get to a little later. Who doesn't like that game? What was that, Golden Tee? Yeah, Golden Tee. Is that what it is? And that's like the new updated version. It is? Like, it's nice. I just like to spin the ball yes, well, backwards onto the green. You know, kids these days, they have cell phones and things like that. Back in the day, it was so fun just to walk up to that and spin the ball. So uh, there was one arcade. Like, I know, how old are you, 20? You just turned 30. I just turned 30, So we're four and a half years apart. Yeah. Uh, I just missed the very, very, very end of the arcade craze. Uh, uh Uh-huh. There was one left when I was getting to be about nine, ten years old. Okay. And uh, I never got to go because I was still a little young. But every time I went to the movies out in the lobby, there was a mini arcade there. And I for sure... Played my good share of Cruising USA. Area 51, Cruising yeah. USA. Contra even. Maybe some Tekken. NBA Jam. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Air hockey, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the arcade craze was a little before our time because then you can play all those games now in the palm of your hand on your phone. So Yeah. Wild Facebooking, Instagramming, yes. and MySpacing. Exactly. So uh, we're here at the point after. <laughs> 5445 South, 900 East. Come see us. Come get a drink, get some food. We're hanging out. Frank Tolch is here uh, along with Austin, and they'll be doing your postgame show. Later on in the day, there's going to be Utah State and BYU coverage here on the Zone Sports Network. Um, as all, Pretty much everyone else is up there getting ready for that game. As You'll hear the game on 1280 AM with Scott Gerard on the call. Hands it. Hans is up there doing the show. It's going to be a good time up there in Logan, how, albeit cold. How awkward is next week for Scott Gerard? Because he's the play-by-play voice yeah. of Utah State. And then he's got to talk unbiasedly uh-huh. about this game all next week, regardless of what the result is. Yeah, I don't envy And he, trust me, he does. He, he does. He nails it. He does. A, that's hard. He does a good job. And Hans has to – Hans, everyone thinks he hates their school, so. <laughs> no, no, I think everyone thinks that Hans loves their school. Yeah, but BYU fans hate when he talks Utah, and Utah fans just call him a BYU homer, and then – but And, and then, then he and does then, hate Utah State. And then Utah so. State fans just hate him because he didn't go there. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, in fact, Ute Shasta Trailer uh, once tweeted this at me, and it's probably it is I nicknamed I called it gospel, and it well, you was pinned it even. BYU fan, local sports talk radio hosts are biased towards Utah and talk about them too much. Utah fan, local sports talk radio hosts are biased towards BYU and talk about them too much. Yep. Utah State fan, <laughs> local sports talk radio hosts are biased toward BYU and Utah and don't talk about us enough. Yes. And that's that is that's literally it, is. it. Yep. So. At least they're all Jazz fans. But tonight's game. Tonight's game should be a big one. Uh, it should be a big one. It. I don't know if it's going to be a great game as far as good football. Yeah. But I think it's going to be nose to nose. I think it's going to be uh, down to the end of the thing. Yeah, Utah State has kind of dominated the last two years, Austin. Uh, Not we, kind of. Well, yeah, very much so. Yeah. I was trying to be nice. But yeah. uh, we remember how the last year started with the 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 uh, the interceptions and everything and. Um, I think it was pick six, right? Deep yep. I had that pick six. Yep. And, you know, it hasn't been close in Utah State's favor. Utah State seemingly has taken a step back this year. A lot of turnover or or a mixture of that. And Jordan Love hasn't been playing very well. Or maybe the coaching hasn't figured out how to get this offense going quite yet. But 
Um, but Utah State, and of course BYU, we all know their troubles. If they play a ranked team or a P5 team, they have a chance, it seems like. <laughs> but otherwise, they haven't played very well. But yeah. they're coming off a big win against Boise State, a cold weather horribly weathered night down there in Provo, but they were able to gut it out and get that victory. They got one of the better now, gifts in Twitter history right? out of one of their fans. Yes, exactly. Now she has a blue coat. Good for her. Does. I'm so happy for her. <laughs> Wasn't that, that was the funniest terrific, thing ever? terrific yeah. day for I don't, her. Still don't know what she was doing. but She was signaling yeah, to go, go for, for it. it yeah. but, That's what she But said. she was so cold that it was... A one-armed, a one-armed whole body uh, turn whole and body twist. Term. But anyway, yeah. uh, they get that big win. So I'm with you. The feeling tonight, because I don't really have a good feel yet, even this far into the season, on either of these teams, like what kind of team is going to show up. It might just come down to, it might be as simple as quarterback play tonight. Can Jordan Love outduel the mixture of Jaron Hall and Gunnar Romney? Yeah, and, and I like that you said mixture because I, I feel like Jaron Hall will get the start. Yeah. But there's a strong chance you'll see both in this game. And not in the way that they're having a co- competition in this game to see who should be the starter. Mm-hmm. Just that Jaron Hall does things that Baylor Romney does, doesn't do. Mm-hmm. And then Baylor Romney does things that Jaron Hall does, but Baylor might be better at him. So we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. As for Jordan Love, and we played Riley last segment, I really liked how Riley described the situation with Jordan Love. Because he is obviously pressing yes. this season. He is obviously tight and, uh, and wound up, and he's got a lot of pressure and attention and eyeballs, and he's thinking about next year uh, as a professional instead of winning this game now, yeah. all season so far. But Riley said it's, that's a factor, but more really is uh, how he talked about when you've got a good receiver, you suddenly are a better quarterback. And not just by looks, you start throwing the ball better because the guy will go get it wherever you throw it, and so suddenly you're throwing, as he called it, money balls. It's kind of like when we talk about Jake Browning uh, early in his career at Washington when he had, ah, now of course I'm spacing his name, but he had a receiver who caught like a 1,000 touchdowns, and Jake Browning put up these unbelievable numbers, and then when he lost that guy, his numbers took a step back. Yeah, Uh, and Pettis, thank you, Brian Brown, back in the studio, Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, Dante Pettis was He's amazing. so yeah. crazy good. Yeah. Uh, but now for Utah State, Jordan is uh, not only doesn't have guys that are catching the ball, mm-hmm. they're dropping it when it is perfect, and then he feels like it's got to be, as Riley put it, what did he say, catch it or wear it, where yeah. it's going into your face mask, mm-hmm. and it's either going to stick in there or you're going to catch it. And then when you're trying to do it with that precision, you miss. So that's that's – and then you add in – that Utah State's offensive line, my goodness. They haven't been playing very well. They've played football before, yeah, right? I, I, I believe so. Okay, because there, there have been stretches this season, maybe the entire game at Air Force, where I wondered. Yeah, and that was hard against Air Force because Utah State, they run this tempo offense that if they don't have success, their time of possession is so minimal. Yeah. And you saw it. Of course that happens in games against Air Force and things because of the run game and the option game. But still, the time of possession game is so against Utah State in general because of the way they run that tempoed offense that if you don't score and you don't find success, your defense is just out there forever. Good point, yeah. And they never get a chance to rest. And they have struggled on the defensive side, sure, 
but they seem to be out there way more. So do you think Utah State will change that approach today against BYU? No, I think they're going to keep doing their, their up-tempo stuff. Uh, uh, hear something the, has happened. You hear this... You hear the cheers oh, I know. here at the point after. Uh, Zach Moss just caught a little uh, flare pass out to the side and ran it in for a touchdown. Utah is down now, 14-9, to PAT pending. So they're uh, on the comeback a little bit. A little bit of a comeback trail, and now they just need to... Uh, they just need to play some defense. Jeff Miller said on Utah Carson's this morning that Washington would not score more than 14 points. All right, game. so far he's right. So far he's got it So down. far he's nailed his prediction. <laughs> There's two minutes and 46 seconds <laughs> in the half. In the first half, yeah. In the first half. Uh, so why do you think they'll they'll go stick with the up-tempo, though? I think it's though? just the offense they've been running. I think, I think it's hard to mess that. It's I, hard to mess with that, I'm not sure BYU's defense can handle yeah, you might be right that about type that. of offense too well. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, and I'm not sure, by the way, about full health for BYU in this game either. There's been some rumblings and rumors and rumors of wars rumors coming of wars. from that area where there could be some key guys missing coming up tonight. Well, so. and it's a, it's a huge game as far as the rivalry goes, Austin. You talk, you've talked a lot this season about Coach Sataki's record against rivals. And you take out those Utah, the University of Utah losses – and maybe it seems a little bit better, but I still think you've got to put those ones in, yeah. and you've talked about that a lot this year. But they get the win over Boise State. Kind of the number that some people put early in the season, how many rivalry games do you have to win if you're BYU? And most people said two out of the three. Uh-huh. So they're one and one right now. This is a huge win for in-state, G5-level recruiting, things like that. I don't think Utah and these two teams necessarily intersect that much on the recruiting trail. But this is this game's huge for in-state, I think, for a lot of those recruits who may not get a look by Utah, but can certainly get a look from BYU and Utah State. Would you agree that at the end of his run, BYU, Bronco was seemingly losing ground in the recruiting battle against certainly. Utah State? I think, uh, personally, in my opinion, I think Independence has paid a, played a part in recruiting. A lot of people disagree, and you can say you can throw like the how many stars have still gone to BYU and other G5 programs, which I definitely understand. But to me, it seems like the level of players that they've been getting here have gone down a little bit in that BYU program, and it correlates in a way to when they went independent. Well, and where maybe uh, I need to be, because I agree with you, uh, because I think you said you agreed with me. Yes. So I agree so, yeah, with you. Yeah. But where I need to be a little more specific maybe is it's hurting the recruiting depth yeah. That's where it's hurting BYU. Yeah, I think depth is the big thing. Because they are able to field starters. Sure. And they're able to get some good guys that start and that's what with, I'm talking with about stars. As well. yeah. mm-hmm. But when they go down, then what? Yeah. And the that's de- where that's where it is an issue for BYU. The depth is less, and I, I, think, uh, I think Will Snowden has said it really well, that there are so many players now out there that and so many options that they can go to, they're looking for their best opportunity. And I don't know about – and this isn't a conversation about independence or not, but I do think it has hurt that recruiting. So back to the the rivalry record, they were one in nine mm-hmm. against rivals when the season began. Or sorry, after the Utah loss, they were one and nine. So two and nine now. Now they're two and nine or two and four. Cause of, yeah, because they've lost five with Kalani to yes. Utah, right? So they're two and four against Boise and Utah State in his tenure. Uh, that has to be three and four by the end of tonight. Not meaning if it's not, he's fired. 
Tampa, meaning that if you beat USC and you beat Tennessee, but then you lose to Toledo and USF and then beat Boise State, you have to finish that up with a rivalry win over Utah State. And this, there's no way for me to say this without it being it, – it, it is. It's disrespectful for me to say this towards Utah State's program. Uh-huh. BYU should be a better football program than Utah State. Does Utah State have an independent contract with ESPN for 5 to $8 million a season? No. No. They do play on CBS Sports Network a lot, though. Yeah. Do you have that channel? I do not. No. I don't. And Facebook. They yes. do play on Facebook. Yes. BYU's football program should be better than Utah State's football program. I agree. They have the resources physically and monetarily, and monetarily feeds the physically. And Utah State is growing and doing better, and they've uh, really turned things around up there from where it was in the mid-'90s. But they should not be winning three out of four against BYU. Do you think that there is – do you think people make too much out of recruits wanting to play for conference titles, or is – it not enough made out of that, if you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah. Because that's the thing we talk about. Players want to play for a title. They want to play for this. They want to play for that. Do you think too much is made out of that, or do kids just go where they want to get the most opportunity? Well, let me ask you this. If you are a P5-level recruit, what is your goal? P5-level? Probably to win a national title. Okay. Uh, then below that, a New Year's Six? Yeah, yeah. And below that, win the conference win championship. Win the conference, yeah. And below that, what? Uh, then you're a G5 recruit. Well, well, no, then you start looking at your personal sure. NFL career yes. hopes. Oh, you're, yeah, you're right, definitely right. That's the P5 level. Mm. If you're not a P5 level recruit, you might, when you, once you realize that, you see national championships not possible, New Year's Six still is. Yep. When that begins to not be possible, then where do you go? Conference, conference. championship. You find a conference where you can win the title. What if you're a fringe P5, G5 recruit, and you want to go to BYU, but you don't have the national championship. You don't yep. have a the, – the six goes away. Yep. There's Now there's no conference championship. What are you doing? You're going just to be a part of the BYU culture. You better be dyed in the wool down yep. there. Your yep. mom's mom's dad's mom's dad all went to BYU, and you were never going anywhere else, mm-hmm. and you were going to be at BYU from the moment you entered the world through the nursery at the hospital. You were a cougar. And you better be a top player. Your if little you're not, baby blanket was a little why. Huh? Right, because yeah, yeah. if you're not, I don't know why you'd pick BYU right now. Truly. Sure, you get to go play at big places like Wisconsin yeah. and Tennessee. Blah, blah, blah. You, what does that do? Or uh, Ten years from now, is anyone going to remember who the uh, backup right guard was when, Utah, when BYU won at Tennessee? No. no. But that right guard's going to remember it. Yeah. But he's not. But there's nothing to really play for once BYU loses. Is the point I'm getting to? All these other recruits and teams that are in a conference, as the top goals go away and you get down to the third, fourth, fifth level of goals, it's still something worthy of your attention. BYU has the Hawaii Bowl. Yeah. La di da. So then what happens? Then what starts taking attention is: Is my coach going to get fired? Right. It's bad, man. Get out of independence. Forget about the money. Which is a bad idea if you're running the business side of things. Because you can't do that, but I know what you're saying. Get into a conference where you can, on your worst years, win eight games. And then you're winning ten on the other ones. And you're competing for a division title. And you're you're getting the second or first place recruits in that conference. And you feel like you have your players' attention the whole season. Yes. Because you can... 
like, oh, you know, we lost this game to Utah, but we were still going for that conference set. We're still going. Yeah. That's what Utah State had. They unfortunately had to go down to Baton Rouge for some reason in week five and just get the, get the crap kicked out of them by the number one team in the country. Yeah, the AD and, that made that deal got out before that had to come around. And, and, and they got to then they got to come home and they um, they got a conference win. Unfortunately, they lost to Air Force, but they're still in the, there's still stuff to play for for Utah State. For them, actually, this BYU game kind of comes at a bad time, if we're honest. In the conference race In the conference them? race, yeah. if they're trying to – or maybe it comes at a good time. You lost to a conference throw, you get to forget about the conference for a week and focus on BYU. But big game tonight in local college football and recruiting, I think, for those names in the state. Um, I don't really have a feel. I'm thinking Utah State gets the win tonight because they're at home. It's going to be a charged and, atmosphere. I, I think Utah State's going to win. And if I had to, if I were forced to pick, a uh, big, big pass breakup by the Utes, yep. by the way, on a fourth and one. They'll get the ball back uh, down 14-10 with yep. a minute left in the first half and three timeouts. So that's exciting that's for the Utes. That's big news. Uh, if I were forced to pick, I would go Huge with BYU tonight. You really? Okay. If forced. Forced, okay. Because it's like... A one-point difference. Right, really. For me. I think it's I don't, the Lions three, I want to say, tonight. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I, For Utah State. But really, I, if, if I were Lenny the bookie, I'd be hoping people would be betting on this one because you never know where this thing yeah. is going to go tonight. So make sure you tune in for that. That is uh, tonight on the Zone Sports Network, all the coverage you'll need. Of course, don't forget Austin and Frank Dolce are here after, for the uh, post-game show. Um, for the Utah and Washington game live here from the point after 54-45 uh, south, 900 east. Should be a fun afternoon, especially if the Utes can come back and figure out a way uh, to win this game. I'd say come back and figure out. They're only down four. But heading into the half, um, it is 14-10, 50 seconds left, and uh, Utah got that ball, as Austin mentioned, in the it's been close after Washington went on those two quick touchdown drives. Yeah, everyone was a little nervous, but uh, there was plenty, plenty of time left plenty in this of time, game. Yep. And there still is plenty of time for this thing to go either way. Now, yep. a big reception by Bryce, Bryce, Brian Thompson down the middle of the field. Clock will stop on the first down. Utah will take the ball from the 35 of Washington now yep. on first and 10. Some stats from this game. Tyler Huntley, 65 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Jacob Easton, 129 yards, two touchdowns. Zach Moss, 51 yards of rushing. He also had that touchdown catch for the Utah for Utah's um, lone touchdown. So kind of a slow offensive half for the Utes, but looks like they've kind of picked up ground, certainly. And Washington had the ball for most of the first quarter. Right. So they haven't really had much of a rhythm in this. This Utah offensive line now, right now, is doing a lot better. Something has has switched in their. Uh in there, they they switched out some personnel, is what Brian Brown is telling me, and uh, because it it looked like the USC game reincarnated yeah. for most of that first half, and I'll tell you, Tyler Huntley does not look all of himself. He looks a lot better than he did against Cal, as far as his health. I'm talking, yeah, yeah, yeah. About. But he does not look like he is 100, percent and no one really expected him to be. So that's been a bit of a factor. But I still think that Utah has. Better talent overall on paper, yeah. and that should win the day here. I think Ludwig's going to have a good uh, second half, some adjustments. He's proved, at least this year, uh, that he can make those adjustments and that he knows what to do with Tyler Huntley. So I think we can give them the benefit of the doubt so far to figure out what to do. They've played weak opponents the last couple of weeks. 
Um, this is a good opponent in Washington, So, but I believe Hundley and Ludwig are going to be able to figure out some stuff before the second half. So we'll keep you posted. They're heading down the field to end the half here. They're doing the wave at Husky Stadium. Oh, the worst tradition in all of sports. No Utah fan yet has gotten in on the wave. No, up oh, there's one maybe. Is there, is there another way you can let the teams on the field know you're less interested in the game? Than to do the wave. I guess leave. <laughs> That's a good answer. Empty the stadium. Good but answer. other than that, it's the wave, Austin. <laughs> it's just so stupid. It's so stupid. All right. Coming up on the other side, we're going to get into a little bit of jazz talk. Then we'll let you hear from Sam Amick uh, as he was on with the big show. He does a fantastic job. He was awesome yesterday there on the big show. No, he'll talk all things. He's on Thursdays. Or on Thursdays. All yeah. things NBA. Howard Beck's Fridays. Uh, in fact, is the, the accurate. Yes. All things NBA and jazz as uh, he talked to them Thursday. A lot of fun information there. And uh, we'll let you hear from that. And I want to get Austin's take on what Quinn Snyder had to say about a couple changes in the box score. Yeah. We'll get into that on the other side as well. So a lot of stuff to talk about. We've got about 30 minutes left here on the Saturday show. We'll also get you scores from across college football. Man, it's exciting. What a day. Good. Yeah, so what a day. Oh, what a football. day here. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Kind of at, at the point sorry, after. you were mouthing something to me. This was well, horrible. I said, let's rain. hold it here until the half is over. Oh, okay. Let's we're going to hold it here. Hold it here until. So that About we 19 can seconds left U- on Utah the clock. Utah called here. a timeout here with 19 seconds to go. They uh, have one timeout remaining, so there will be another play or two run uh, trying to either score a touchdown or get closer for a field goal try. But yes, we're at the Sports Mall at the point after 54 45 South. 900 East. If you missed it, by the way, Puka Nakua broke his foot in practice this week. And uh, Brian Brown, our esteemed producer, told me he had surgery yesterday and is done for the year. That's too bad. He, had, he was starting to really, is starting to really um, come out as a great freshman receiver there. Uh, some other scores in college football. Number 16, Notre Dame. They're down to Virginia Tech in the fourth quarter, 20-14. to 14. Uh, Georgia, 13-3 lead over Florida. Um, Kansas State, 17-3 over Kansas, 42-0. Clemson over Wofford, yay. Uh, <laughs> earlier, Michigan defeated Maryland, 38-7. Wake Forest, 44-10. Um, and then to- tonight you will have 11. Auburn is hosting Ole Miss. Uh, East Carolina is hosting number 17, Cincinnati. And number 24, Memphis, is hosting number 15, SMU. Fans here not... Not pleased please. with not a please. non-PI call. I did not realize how much rain was coming down in Seattle right now, by the way. It is uh, raining. Yep. But uh, uh, from the 19-yard line, a uh, throw to the front corner, left corner of the end zone, uh, Thompson was unable to get back to it. Was it Thompson or Ennis? And uh, there was some PI that was missed. Utah then runs the ball, four seconds left to the right. They'll call a timeout and try a field goal on what will be a third and five. Yep. That will end up being, what, a 36? 36-yarder, 36 and it uh, looks like Utah will attempt to go into the half here with a one-point deficit. Now, they had the kicking woes earlier in the season uh, with uh, Strau. They've gone now to Jalen Redding now that he's fully healthy, mm-hmm. and he's been pretty he's consistent. Been pretty, yeah, he's yeah. been good. They struggle. Uh, also tonight, Austin, Oregon at USC. Uh, if Utah goes on to win this game, that game kicks at 6 o'clock. What are your feelings on this game? I know the Washington State game had you a little. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to say worried about Oregon, but yeah. it kind of made you pause a little bit. Yeah, I mean Washington State. They run a special t- traditionally type, yeah. puts up points. They didn't against Utah, and Oregon's defense is supposed to be as good, if not better, 
than Utah in some people's yeah. opinion. Not mine. No. But they are. They've been good this season. But against Washington State, they gave up thirty something points. Gave up. Didn't they give up thirty something to Washington too? Oregon's defense. Or am I misremembering that? Uh, it but was not that many, but I think it was still a pretty scoring game. Thirty-one. Oh yeah. yeah. So, thirty-one. Okay. Come on now! Don't you dare. Uh, uh, second guess by second guessing. I, I, I watched that game. I couldn't remember the score. <laughs> uh, but uh, they've been a little bit uh, coming back down to earth defensively, Oregon has. But, man, I don't feel good about the USC Trojans today. Yeah. I don't. Uh, the South has decided tonight, uh, or obviously it could be decided uh, in the next couple quarters here. It's decided. It's decided. It's decided tonight. It I is know decided tonight. Both teams have games to, yeah. to play still, but I think this is it. I think we'll know by the end of that USC-Oregon game yeah. where the Utes stand. Yep. And you hear the crowd there as uh, the Utes will go into the half. Down one, 14-13. Solid comeback in that second quarter as uh, they it was looking a little hairy there for Washington. Indeed. Or for Utah. But uh, Washington leads 14-13 to at the half. And uh, we'll come back. We'll talk about the Utah Jazz and also the NBA uh, as Great action last night, and I want to get Austin's thoughts on Quinn Snyder's comments about box scores. We'll get into that coming up next here on the Saturday Show. It's the weekend! It may be the weekend, but there are no days off for the Zone Sports Network. You're listening to the Saturday Show with Adrian Lizer and Jake Hatch. Can't wait, can't, 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 can't wait. It's all weekend, baby. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Welcome back, Saturday show here on the Zone Sports Network. I'm Adrian Leiser with Austin Horton. Don't miss Austin and Frank Dolce on the Utah Post Game Show coming up. Utah down fourteen to thirteen at the half at Washington. Been a uh, close one, couple uh, turnover, couple touchdown tosses. So it's been entertaining to say the least. Has been entertaining to yeah. say the least. Uh, so at least it's been entertaining. Got a lot of uh, Ute fans that are in a bad mood yeah. that were tweeting in the first quarter, and yes. now they're in good moods in the second quarter. Uh, the offensive line has looked a lot better since then, and Brian telling us that they made a little bit of a personnel change that uh, had certainly changed things. Who switched up there, Brian? What was the change? Uh, they started the game with Bama Lasseni, the transfer from Garden City, and he had a bit of a rough start, and then they... Tried to bring Johnny Maya in at guard and kick Nick Ford to tackle, and then finally went Simi Moala at right tackle, Nick Ford at right guard, which is the combination they've had for the last three games. Ah, ah seems like that's the one that's working right now. So, good change there. Go with what, yeah. I don't know. Sometimes I know, go with what's working. I know they're hungry to get Bam in, get some time, but if it's not, if it's working, why change that? Yep, I agree with you there. Um, Austin, last night before uh, the Jazz, as they fell last night to the Sacramento Kings, 102-101, in an exciting game, but uh, Quinn Snyder spoke in pregame, and he talked about some things he would like to see on the box score because he believes that there's stats that people don't pay close enough attention to, and especially for teams like the Jazz, they have a certain guy who uh, makes a big difference in this department. And he talks about effective field goal percentage and screen assists, and this is what Coach Snyder had to say before the game yesterday. The same way effective field goal percentage. Like, I don't know why. Do you know why? That we don't have effective field goal percentage in the box score. You know, like there's some things that we as coaches and the league and everybody recognizes it. 
And screen assist is one to me that hits home um, because we've got a guy that's given himself up every night to help his team win games. And like, we do the math on 17 screen assists. I don't know what it is. Somebody, you know, there's somebody out there analytically that can do the equivalent. I don't know if it's you know, a perfect correlation, but that's like 60 assists in the game. But how much of that, that is, like if you're the average fan, that's, that's a pretty complicated concept. That's why you got to tell them. It's not that complicated. If I screen somebody and he hits the screen and that guy gets open and hits a shot, like we give an assist. Hockey does it. It's just another layer of analysis. I don't think it's hard. You guys all see it. When he does this, bam, and Boyan does this. The box score shows this, but it doesn't show this. It shows the pass, but it doesn't show that. So, I mean, we can keep assists on the sideline. It may not be perfect all the time, but... If we get half of them right, he's got eight. You know, that's almost a triple-double. So, anyway, that's my guy. And I'm going to keep talking about him because, you know, it's, he's impacting the game. All his teammates know it. They want us to run ATOs for him so he can score, so he can show up in the box score. Um, a lot of people were concerned with your start defensively, especially in the preseason. Mm-hmm. And five games that's turned out to kind of be the opposite so were we all kind of just silly for doubting you or did you guys you're not doubting me I mean I'm for for doubting the defense I mean especially considering your track record defensively well our our track record is our you know our players and guys buying in and you know you can try to make it hard on people by what you do but ultimately you know, guys got to come out and execute. So, I mean, I, I think, as I said before, when you look at the tape and you see what guys are doing, we've got guys that care. And they also care about offense. But our offense hasn't been great, so hopefully that'll that'll get better. Um, but it's, you know, I mean, it's a credit to our our personnel and our guys that, you know, that they, they care. I think players want to win. They understand that if the other team scores, it's harder to win. So that's all. There you go. Quinn Snyder talking there, Austin, about effective field growth percentage and then transitioning it into screen assists. And you heard the question there. Uh, somebody asked, um, isn't that pretty complicated for fans to understand? And he said, you just got to tell them it's really not that complicated. And Rudy, if you add that into assist, he probably has a triple-double last night if you put that on the box score. That yeah. screen assist. And look, I think it would take some time, right or wrong, it would take some time for that to be considered a true triple-double at some point. I mean, it's a true stat, but box scores have been like this for 100 years. Since since the peach basket. Correct. When they started putting the percentages in the box score, there was an uproar. And even now, as you heard Coach talk about, shooting percentage is almost obsolete almost you really need to know what effective field goal percentage is right that's a better that that's a better indicator yeah. of a guy's shooting ability yeah. uh certainly it indicates more his impact mm-hmm. on the game rather than his own success or failure that that of that another that uh just regular field goal percentage yeah. shows but to put the screen assist into context with how impactful it is on a win or a loss Think about how many games the Utah Jazz won mm-hmm. because of John Stockton's ability to find a guy who could shoot the ball really well. Off the pick. 
Right. Yeah. Off the pick. Off the pick and roll. Screen. Yeah, off the screen, yes. Correct. Another word for pick would be screen, yes. If jo- And this is why Stockton's always given Malone credit. Malone's always given yeah. Stockton credit. If Stockton didn't have Malone, I promise you he would not be the le- all-time leader in assists. If they had been uh, uh, tracking screen assists back then, now it's different. Malone can't get the assist on the screen assist if he's the one that scores the ball. But I'll bet he would have a lot of screen assists. Well, how many, Jazz fans, how many times did you see Stockton come off that pick and the guy would go to Malone and he would just hit a little jumper? Uh, The guy would stay with Malone? Yeah, Yeah, right, exactly, on the roll. On the roll, yeah. And and Stockton would score, right. But I would almost also guarantee that Rudy Gobert, to this point in his young career, probably has a third (laughs) <laughs> of the screen assist that Malone had right. in his entire career. But the NBA doesn't give credit to it. The Jazz, uh, without Rudy Gobert, are... Okay, let, I don't want to go over dramatic, but Le- <laughs> LeBron, Do it. LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, James Harden, Steph Curry, and Rudy Gobert. They leave their teams, they get injured, or they don't play well. Those teams more often than not lose. Yes. This season, especially with the Warriors. Yes. In years past, the Warriors had other guys. And I'm not counting Durant because he's hurt. Yes. Rudy Gobert is a top five impact player in the NBA. But it does not show up in the box score because he doesn't score 28 points a night. He doesn't have 15 blocks. He has 15 rebounds, 18 points. And then the stats that really matter aren't in the box score where he had, I think in the first game alone against the Thunder, his screen assists were responsible for 27 points. You ha- and I'm with 27? You. Yeah, I know. You have to be able to find a way to put that somewhere <laughs> so people can see it. 27 uh. points is re- huge. Because you know what they do? They always flash that stat on the, when a guard has like 16 points, and, and they always say, responsible for this many points based on whatever metric. It's like, why can we do that for that based on his assists and shooting? Why can't we just put a screen assist in there? Because it, yeah. Rudy Gobert clearing space for Royce O'Neal to have the easy layup, that should be counted on a box score. And I actually think it's easier to determine a screen assist from an assist when yeah. you're scoring it. A lot of people think that the, the assist that set the record for Stockton was not an assist because Malone took a settling dribble and then shot the ball. It wasn't off the pass straight to the shot. Okay. But on a screen assist, there's none of that to, right. d- to dissect. Mm-hmm. It's obvious if the guy helped the guy score or not. Rudy Gobert is a top five impact player in the NBA. If he's hurt, if he's not playing well, if he's got foul trouble, the Jazz have a 25% less shot at winning a game. Just a guess off the top of my head. Yeah. He's that important. And uh, the nice thing, though, for Rudy is that the Jazz understand that stat, and they follow that. And they have a, they have an exact knowledge of how impactful Rudy is, just let alone just from the screen assist stat, screen assist stat. Like they know that they know its impact, they know why it's important, which is good because you want the people that you work for to appreciate what you're doing. And if you're giving your team thirty points, thirty points, let's just round from that twenty seventh. But if you give them nearly thirty points in a game, just because you're setting good screens, you should be rewarded for that. Well, if you, if, if you're scoring hundred a night. And you're responsible for 25 when you, that you don't score. Right. You just got then you scored 15 yourself. Yes. That's 40 points. Yeah. 
Plus, it's easy. then how many points do you take away as you watched last night when Rudy Gobert took on De'Aaron Fox in a one-on-one situation, <laughs> caused a horrible shot. De'Aaron Fox somehow got the rebound. I think it was Joe Ingles' hand. But kicks it over to Buddy Heald, who then Rudy goes, okay, I'll take you on one-on-one. Two really good scorers in the NBA <laughs> who are guards. Made him miss horribly. Yeah. So he's, a, he's so minus for those points. 15 himself. <laughs> yep. Uh, we'll just say, well, on average, 17 yes, screen assist sure. points. Yes. So we're at 32. Yes. Then you add in the 12 to 15 that he stops them from. So now you're at 47. <laughs> Half the points are up to Rudy Gobert. Yes, it's amazing. It's amazing how impactful he is. And it, it's a, a shame that it's not really recognized the way it should be. Absolutely. At least it has been on the defensive side, but for other other things they have not recognized it. So I thought that was really interesting before the game yesterday. Quinn Snyder had, you could hear it in his voice, that he really wanted some sort of change in that scenario. He was a little fired up during the game, too, um, when uh, Jeff Green got called for an offensive foul. Yeah, what did you think of that? Because it was in the emotion in the moment. I was like, yeah, Quinn, get him. And then I watched the replay. I was like, I think it was a couple plays that built up to that, and then he snapped a little bit. Because you could see how that could have been called on Jeff yeah, Green in yes, that moment. Yes, but now the other the, side down the court. They could have also called Barnes for a foul. And Rudy just getting hammered in the back. Right. Trying to get a rebound, and somebody just hit him with that old forearm Hunter High right in the back. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, right. I think that was a couple plays. Uh, assistant coach Alex Jensen did a very nice job of separating Coach Snyder from the he officials. Leads, he leads the coaching staff in tackles. <laughs> yes, he does. So. <laughs> and Quinn was able to stay in the game. All right. Uh, coming up on the other side, we will wrap things up here on the Saturday show. And uh, You're right. We, it's almost done. My heavens. You're almost done with me. Through. It did fly by. So we'll wrap things but up. the movie zone might come your way, maybe. You may get some of the movies, though. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But uh, Austin and I will talk about it. Then also the Man Cave show, movie zone at 5, if there's time for it. And, we'll uh, see when the post game. We'll happens. see when the post game starts, but and we'll get you prepared for the movie zone, which uh, Austin and I think is a very great show, and we're impartial to it. Uh, well, we do, but you know we're on it. Yes. But one of the greatest analytical minds in the history of sports says it's the best show on the station. Like, like how can you argue that? He has a website of his name. He is world renowned. Ken, Ken Palm. Ken Pomeroy. Dot com. Yes. And he told PK to his ear, because he was on the phone, that the movie zone was the best show. And PK time. said, what's the movie yes, zone? No, uh, I'm uh, he, but really. That part was edited out. All right. Uh, <laughs> coming up next, we'll wrap things up here from the point after in Murray. Goodbye, see us. This is the Saturday show on the Zone Sports Network. Whether you're stuck at the mall, in the yard, or making a quick trip to the home improvement store. We've got your back. It's gonna be May. This is the Saturday Show with Adrian Lizer and Jake Hatch on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Wrapping things up here on a Saturday show. Big thanks to the point after. It's for gonna having, be May. Having the Zone Sports Network down here uh, for the University of Utah coverage against Washington. Is that Britton Covey? I don't think Playing so. Playing defense? I, oh, nope. Number I 10. I don't, okay. I, don't, I don't think so. The use are on defense. 14-13 <laughs> uh, Washington with the ball. He's red-shirting offense. To start, oh, okay. Not defense. To start the second half. Um, Austin, <laughs> thanks a lot for hanging out with me today. Felt I truly good to be appreciate it. Back to you the old You didn't have roots. to, but uh, since you were sitting here, I was going to make you. I was like, 
All right, that's it for the U Post pregame show. I'm going to go enjoy some food. And Adrian just blocked me in here. I'm, I'm going to eat some wings and. Uh, but I did eat some wings. Yes. I ate a steak. How's the steak? And, how's the steak and fries? It's steak, man. It's so good. Of course, it's delicious. They do a really good job down here. I, I come in here Sundays, like I said. This is where I watch my NFL football. So uh, always enjoy coming here. Don't forget the movie zone will be headed your way at five o'clock with Austin and myself. If you uh, want to catch that at all, podcast us, please. Subscribe to the Movie Zone. Really easy to find. Also, subscribe to Tony and Austin and all the other shows on the Zone Sports Network. And you know what's coming up next? It's the Man Cave The Man Cave Show from the warehouse. Yes. You know where I went earlier this week? To the warehouse? Yeah. You know how much I got a sofa, a reclining, power reclining sofa and love seat that the feet, the back, and the head all recline and, and adjust with USB. Wow. It was a four nine four thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollar package. He saved me four thousand dollars. Are you kidding? No. And I, all I had to do was order it from did the other company's the website. Did you like that guy did when he sent in that uh, open mic about the warehouse? <laughs> yeah. He's like, I my did. parents just bought it for $5,000. Josh. Yeah, my yeah. guy Josh. That's yeah. hilarious. It was, I couldn't believe it. I was like, yeah, I think you are only charging me for this cushion. Yes. He said, can, nope, this is it. You can put that right against the wall. <laughs> that that reclining thing. Oh, no, you wouldn't waste it with that. You put it in your, so put I, it in your living room. I can't, that's uh, awesome, man. I can't endorse the, the warehouse yeah, that's more. that's a great deal. Go Don't, check them out. Don't at least at least go ask them yes. before you buy elsewhere. Yes. Go look. So uh, that's coming up next. Uh, and then don't miss the movie zone coming around at 5 o'clock. Thanks to everyone down here. Frank Dolce, Austin Horton will be on the postgame show coming up later. Also, Utah State, BYU. They will get away uh, tonight on the zone with Hans and Scotty G doing separate broadcasts. But you'll hear it all right here on the Zone Sports Network. That's all coming up here. Uh, from uh, I'll come up the rest of the way on the zone. This was the Saturday show. Thanks. Bye.